Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. I am Ryan Walters, and this is Uncover Politics. It is my pleasure to have your company. You can now tune in to the program on any of your preferred platform at uncoverpolitics at anchor.fm slash rayon-walters. Uncover Politics on YouTube, Spotify, Applecast, Pocketcast, and Overclass. And please, you can subscribe on any one of these platforms. Wherever in the world you are tuning from, I am delighted to have your company. This podcast is committed to providing you with a new experience, better understanding, and a microscopic view of politics in every sense imaginable. We are going to be discussing the political upheavals, tensions, success, and their failures, and their everyday impacts on our lives. From Europe, North, Central and South America, Africa, Asia, and the Caribbean in just 10 minutes or less. On our last program, listeners, we were discussing the state of COVID-19 in Jamaica. And we were crunching some figures based on the data that was provided by the Ministry of Health and Wellness, Jamaica. And I was speaking specifically to the behavior of persons in public space and how perhaps the government, along with the private sector, must work in tandem to ensure that they are responsible for their employees as well as their customers. When we look at the lines outside the banking halls, I I can't understand. It is as if persons are in these lines for sometimes up to two, three hours waiting to go inside of the banks. Not all of these banks, parking lot that are being used as some form of line or the plaza in front of the building itself where persons stand. The sun is strikingly hot, almost as if it is eating away or peeling off the skin. From your flesh. And so person sometimes hobble. On each other. No way. Have I seen clearly. Where. The 20 or 30 persons. Or 40 persons in a banking line. When the bank itself has limited space. Persons are keeping their six feet apart. And I am seeing where some of these very lines are a serious factor in controlling this virus. I want to also look at the public transportation parks where passengers are waiting to board 
their public transport to home. Have we seen what the lines are like in the rush hour? Hmm? Have we looked at some of these transportation centers across the country? Some of these bigger parks in major towns across the country to see what they are really like? Have the authority taken a look in the public markets controlled by the local government through the municipal corporations? Have they seen what it is like? Who, who at the front of these markets are sanitizing any vendor, any farmer, or any higgler, or any customer who is entering these public facilities? Have we looked at the space at some of these restaurants where persons go to order a limited space? The government is also faced with another dilemma, and that is the ability to secure vaccination. Because you can have access to the vaccine, but if you don't vaccinate, you really can't control. Vaccine is the medication that is needed to fight the virus. Vaccination is putting that medication in the arms of persons. I recently saw a report just coming from the G7 meetings. That's the seven wealthiest countries in the world. And this year, the United Kingdom is chairing the G7. And as such, Prime Minister Boris Johnson is the chairperson. And in his opening statement, I'm paraphrasing him, he was alluding to the fact that they have to distribute the vaccine very wide to poor countries. They can't allow one country or a particular region of the world to be far ahead of the other if they are going to fight and win. What hypocrisy! When they are the ones who have pre-ordered billions of dollars worth of vaccines from these big pharmaceutical companies that these poorer countries can't afford. And even if they can afford to purchase a million or two, at any given point in time, the pharmaceutical companies are going to want to fold the bigger orders. And not only that, these pharmaceutical companies that have so far vaccination has be, vaccines have been approved, they are based in these North American and European countries. You think they are going to give the poorer countries in the poorer regions the vaccination over their citizens? We should not hold our breath. And one thing I would like to say to these big players, these big countries, is that the virus has no boundary. And you might want to focus based on your wealth and Grabbing up 300 million dosages, 100 million dosages, and then to give the surplus away to countries who are in need. 
So you want to ensure that your population have more than what is even required. And then you send the surplus away. Now listen to this level of, 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 of outrageous and madness. Many of these countries do not have a flawless distribution system that when they get these vaccines, they can put them in arms within three weeks or a month time. Some of them don't even work out the kinks that is happening. So if you are going to make a commitment to send the surplus vaccination to poorer countries and you can't vaccinate your citizens, the question is, when will those poorer countries actually get the surplus from you that they are so desperately in need of? They don't even have a state-of-the-heart public health system, personnel, equipments and facilities that they can isolate and, and mitigate. And so, despite the fact that these bigger countries, these wealthier countries, might be beefing up their stocks and ramping up vaccination, purchase, and collections, we have an open border. And it is for them to ensure that the poorer countries, one such as Jamaica, are not left behind. And that while you might prioritize your citizens, this vaccine is not limited to color, gender, creed, ethnicity, or wealth. It respects no boundaries. And so we have to, as a world, as a big global community, ensure that our neighbors are okay. Those are my thoughts. I'll catch you on the next program.